0: Hello, I'm Mike Apatria and I'm the host of the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. Come join us as we go game by game, breaking down our top plays, fades, values, pivots, and talk overall strategy for both tournaments and cash games. And the best part, we're doing this seven days a week. So come check us out. That's Hoop Ball DFS Today. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mike Apatria for any updates, listener contests and DFS
1: information. All right,
0: the NFL is back and so is my bookie. My bookie is a home run, it's a slam dunk. Oh, in this case, it's a touchdown. I love it, you love it, and that should be all you need to hear. As a matter of fact, that's not true, Jill. All you really need to hear is with my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. It's that simple. Join today and my bookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is use the promo code HOOPBALL when signing up again, football season is here. You know, you want to have some extra fun on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays. So use my bookie. My bookie's got you covered. And again, the terms are simple. You bet you win. They pay. And we are back here into the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Ball and the Ball podcast network. We are So happy that you are here with us. I'm Damian Barling, along with my partner in crime, the person who actually makes this show fantastic. And that's Joe Adge. Joe, you are phenomenal. You know, what we haven't done here yet since we've started doing the show together is we haven't urged people to rate and review the show. We obviously want people to subscribe. We want you to listen every Wednesday when a new episode drops and uh, the news gods were on our side as some fun little notes regarding the Sacramento Kings dropped over the last couple of days. Uh, But we want people to rate and review the show. We want you to subscribe, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you're on the Radio.com app. It doesn't really matter. Just if you are a subscriber, please rate and review the show. Uh, We would greatly appreciate it and tell everybody how much you love it. Tell everybody how much you love the edition of Jill Ash. Because quite honestly, I know you were getting sick of listening to me. Jill, (laughs) I was getting sick of listening to me. And quite honestly, I can't blame you because rarely did we ever have good things to talk about as it pertained to the Sacramento Kings. It was usually uh quite infuriating, but in this case we actually got would you frame the report from the Athletic as good news yesterday?
1: Yes. It was because, good news
0: because it it was it, the names you wanted yes, to
1: because it actually it, there's names we want to hear, but it shows that they're actually to me looking at the right names. Right. You know, no matter how much it it whatever it turns out to be, these well, at least some of it for the most part, these are the kind of names that an experience that you're looking to have in your front office. There are some names sure that I wish that would have been in there, but I don't I don't know their process or if whatever well, else that they've done. But it's it's a strong list of names. And a lot of them some of them are up and comers who've never had this position before, which is more realistic, like we were saying that It's going to be hard to lure anybody away from a stable situation unless you're offering a legitimate promotion.
0: And who are the who are the up and coming names that you're that you're talking about? Because there were six names referenced in the report. And let's let's get this part out of the way first, because actually this is the part we probably should have addressed first. One of the six is already out. That's Trajan Langdon. That's a guy that you and I both really like. He's the general manager of New Orleans. He is not.
1: didn't realize that he was the general manager,
0: I guess. Right, because you it's similar to like Pat Riley is not the general manager of the Miami Heat. Right. But you think of Pat Riley as the general manager of the Miami Heat. He's, he's very much not. And in uh, Trajan Langdon's case, people think that David Griffin is the general manager. David Griffin very much is not. It was actually Griff who hired Trajan Langdon, and I think the two you would know better than I do because, well, this is what you're great at. Didn't the two work together in Cleveland? Trajan, Trajan Langdon and, 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 and David Griffin, they worked yep. together in Cleveland. So, you know, this is Griff's opportunity. You know, I joked about it on social media. It's a pretty easy joke to, make, joke to make. Do you want to build a roster around Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, the guy who won the most improved player in the league this year? Do you want to build around Lonzo Ball, who I think is still a very quality player? Do you want to build with all the different draft picks that they have coming in from the New Orleans Pelicans deal, or excuse me, the Los Angeles Lakers deal for Anthony Davis? Or you want to go to Sacramento? which hasn't been the most stable place over the last seven years, or over the last fourteen years. So it, you know, I, I let's let's start there before we really dive into other six candidates. Trajan is out. Do you think there are other names who you know give the old thanks, but no thanks to the Sacramento Kings?
1: My favorite person, Adam Simon, I think will give the he's done that to every other team yeah. this summer, and it to me. I don't know if anyone could ever lure him away from Miami. The dude has spent 25 years there. Right. And literally, like I mentioned here before, had has held every position possible within a front office you can have, starting as an intern and then working as an admin assistant. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then li- worked himself up to a VP assistant GM. I mean, it's it's incredible the different positions this guy has held and to me it almost i mean i don't know in terms of miami who else you would be grooming for that job either he i mean he handles so many duties that a gm already does that i mean you could say he's just as much the de facto gm there as anybody else realistically
0: yeah you um yeah you work for arguably the most stable franchise in the entire league. <laughs> South Beach.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. And you're in South Beach, exactly. That's 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 gonna be a tough pull. And I think I think after, you know, the note because really, you know, when we got the news yesterday, we got it at about one o'clock, which is my right in the middle of my radio show on ESPN 1320 that you could hear on the radio.com app. But it it was right in the middle of the show and it was like, okay. What would get a guy like Trajan Langdon to consider this? What would get a guy like, you know, and, and Trajan's circumstances are like really the polar opposite of, of Adam Simons in, the, in that Trajan's new in New Orleans. Right. And this is his first general manager gig. Yep. Adam's the assistant in New Orleans, but as you noted there perfectly, he's, he, what, he was in the video room with Eric Spolstra, like, the, like
1: in 95.
0: You talk about you talk about an organization that that grooms its own talent. Like, are you kidding me? Your, your assistant general manager and your head coach are video guys. Like, it's like Pat Riley sees Pat Riley sees talent within his organization and doesn't allow it to leave. It's like, no, you're you're getting an offer where? Oh no 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 no. We'll give you that. We'll give you that here. You could you could do that here. As, as a matter of fact, what's above the position they offered you? We'll give you the position above that. I, when he recognizes talent, he doesn't allow talent to leave his building. And and Adam and Eric are two. And Adam and Eric are they're very close. That's why I, we're we're all very good friends. That's why I'm referring to them as Adam and Eric because we're all we're all very tight. Right. We're like best, we're
1: best buds.
0: buds. <laughs> yeah, we're best buds. But uh, I was fetching the film for them in the in the uh, in the room. <laughs> but he doesn't he doesn't let guy, t- talented guys like Adam Simon and Eric Spolster walk out of his organization.
1: Right. And so on the same token, I would add Calvin booth to that Mm -hmm. conversation as well, because there's a reason why Tim Connolly didn't go out on a search and hired Calvin booth right away because he's Calvin has followed Tim to three different organizations. Like there is a trust factor there and he's another up and coming guy. And it made sense to move him up. He knows the system. He's been there during their climb. Um, so to me, those are probably the two most likely names too. And again, he just got promoted to the general manager position of the Denver Nuggets. So again, mm-hmm. you have the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets who by all intensive purposes are, are on the rise and a steady rise. I don't see, I mean, barring crazy, crazy circumstances, I don't see those teams falling off anytime soon.
0: So let's go, so, so we've kind of eliminated, well, actually, I was going to say we eliminated two, kind of, elim, we eliminated two, Trajan elim, <laughs> eliminated himself, we're all, we started with six, we're down to three, and we're only about 10 minutes into the podcast, but realistically, that's what we're looking at. There's a couple of things I want to do, um, Jill, let's go through the remaining names that were featured in the athletic report. And let's go through with the thought that's probably going to make some people uncomfortable is the fact that there's probably going to be names added to the list. Now, whether that list, you know, in this, you know, I asked James Ham today uh, when he joined Kenny Carraway and I, you know, are they, because he, he asked a question to the Sacramento Kings about Joe Dumars' role in all of this and in, in what exactly the position that the, like what exactly is the position that the Kings are hiring? And he, he, wasn't, he, he wasn't clear on the answer he got. And I asked him, do you think that's a lack of transparency to you or do you think that the Kings don't actually know? And then I joked later that perhaps the Kings aren't throwing out the EVP role until they have to. It's like, no, we've got a general manager job. Well, I won't come here unless it's an executive vice president job. And it's like, okay, since you brought it up, maybe we'll go ahead and make it available. But if a candidate doesn't comes in and doesn't ask for it, maybe they don't offer it, but James was clear. He thinks it's just lack of transparency to him and that they do have a plan with who they're going to hire and what position that's going to be for. Right.
1: I would imagine if they're reaching out to these teams and these people that they're letting them know exactly what it is that they would be coming and interviewing for. I mean, that would just like anybody else interviewing for a position, you need to know to prepare what you're coming in for. Yeah. And if you even want to accept it in the first place.
0: Yeah. I'm actually surprised that Adam Simon already hasn't said, I, I actually, I expected, Same. a I expected a sea of alerts. After He's keeping
1: f- my hope alive,
0: oh,
1: <laughs> which man. I wish, which I, I mean, at this point just ripped the bandaid off. Yeah. It, you know, yeah.
0: let's start, let's start in Minnesota. Let's start with the Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, all six names we've talked about in the past. I don't know. If, have we talked about Monty McNair?
1: No. Um, I talked about, um, it was a different, uh, what was it? Will, Will Wilcox? No, or Wes Wilcox, uh, sorry. No,
0: See, Jill is looking for something online, and this is where I'm going to fill time. Yeah, times. no,
1: I'm going through my notes, but there was a, someone else on the Rock. Oh, Eli Whitus, hello. Hello. Um, he's the other assistant general manager of the Rockets. We had talked about him previously, but Good not question. Monty.
0: How many pages of notes on King's general manager? You don't know. <laughs> I very much do. I never ask a question I don't want to know the answer to. Is it triple digits?
1: Right here is eighteen pages on Word.
0: Okay, that's not what. (laughs) But you have more somewhere else. Like I, I, I. I, Jill is the mad scientist. Like when you see King's Twitter in a break, you know maybe maybe Jill should be in charge of the search. I don't think anybody's. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think anybody's kidding. Um. Okay. Let's let's start. Let's start with a, a name we have talked about before. Uh. The executive vice president of basketball operations. And Sasha is the creator of the trade machine, correct?
1: Yep, that's what I call him, trade the cre- machine.
0: The cr- yep. the creator of the trade machine. Uh, what do you what do you think about him? Because I think some people will look at, wait a minute, the Minnesota Timberwolves—they're as bad as we are. We don't we, we don't want that.
1: Well, except he's only been there for a year. There you go. And granted, and they were saying that even he couldn't come in and get rid of some of those contracts that that guys like Wiggins and uh, I think was, there was one more, uh, there was Dang Wiggins and another one that, you know, these guys, their contracts were just untradeable. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what this guy does is he, he, he thinks of every scenario possible. And like you said, he'll throw it against the wall, um, you know, and see what happens. But yeah, I mean, it's, there's a reason why, too, that when guys get hired at other – who he worked with in Houston, when they get hired elsewhere, they bring him. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. been two that have left that have brought him along for a reason.
0: So is he like a – and this person I, it, it is not being considered for the job, but is he like a Ken Cantonella type?
1: I mean, he has that capability just in the fact that you saw that he created the trade machine and that kind of, I wouldn't say perfected his idea of, you know, the salary cap and CBA and all that stuff. But most people don't pay attention that like during this pandemic, when everything was shut down, he was off scouting SEC games. Like the guy does go actually go out and scout. He's not just a numbers guy where That's, you hear more so about Ken being the contracts and numbers guy. You don't, I mean, he might be going out and scouting. You never hear about it. But that's one thing that Gupta has tried to say is, um, I'm not just that guy. Mm -hmm. But he's perfected in being in the, what, Houston, Philadelphia, Detroit, and now Minnesota, um, that every... Front office executive that's been over him has talked about how invaluable he is, and he's not just looking at necessarily the next move. It's if I do this move, then what and th- maybe that doesn't work out. What could this move then get me two or three moves from now? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what happened when he did the Kevin Martin trade with Sacramento, and those assets he realized that we weren't going anywhere that 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 houston wasn't going anywhere went to maury said what if we did this two-team deal turned into a three-team deal with the kings um we get as many assets as we can and let's see what happens well those assets turned into james harden yes that's not always going to happen but you need guys that especially in sacramento where we have tried to just get to the 8 seed or just make it to next year we're never looking for success long term or realizing that these free agents you know we're not going to get that star we need to get it through the draft or through trade and that's one key thing that he's been able to do and another piece that he said was yeah i'm a big analytics guy but we don't use our computer to pick a player like i he still believes in having an analytics a scouting system. Like we just use these pieces to help us, you know, depending on what comes back from the scouts and what comes back from the player evaluators that, that it, that's all part of the puzzle piece. And he's been in very successful front offices. So, I mean, I, and ones that have been built in, in different ways. Um, so I think he does know, how to create a front office and what one should look like.
0: He's worked with Philadelphia. He's worked with Sam Hankey. He's worked with uh, Daryl Morey, as you referenced there just a moment ago. Kings fans will always know him as the guy who uh, was the uh, mastermind behind the famous or infamous, I guess, uh, salary dump uh, that Vlade orchestrated as one of his first orders of business. Um, Monty McNair, again, again, a name that we, we haven't talked about. He is uh, the current assistant general manager for the Rockets. He is in an interesting position because, you know, depending on who you ask, the Rockets are in a unique situation and he's been with the Rockets since 2007 and, you know, I don't I I don't know how this Rockets-Lakers series is going to turn out. I feel like I know how this Rockets-Lakers series is going to turn out, and I think it's going to win with the Lakers you know, heading off to the Western Conference Finals, and I think it's going to end with the Lakers heading off to the Western Conference Finals in in a couple of more nights. So a lot of people think Mike D'Antoni is out. After that, Mike D'Antoni is in the last year of his contract. There's already rumors about him having ties to the Indiana Pacers, perhaps him being a top target for the Indiana Pacers. Uh, And there are people who believe, well, Daryl Morey has swung for the fences with Chris Paul. Uh, He swung again for the fences with uh, Russell Westbrook. And if he falls short here, and for me, much like Philadelphia, Philadelphia was finals or bust. You had to get to the finals or you were probably going to be seeing some changes. I thought Elton Brand was going to be out. I think we all knew that Brett Brown was going to be out. I'm of the belief when this series comes to an end with the Lakers, we know that Mike D'Antoni is out. But the question is, is Daryl Morey out? And if Daryl Morey is out, what does that mean for Monty McNair? Right. <laughs> yeah. So like, the, the, it's so. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, yeah. And it's another analytics guy where I will say, if you're going to go the analytics route, I would have Sachid one and McNair two. That's how mm-hmm. I would rank those two guys. Um, he actually played football at Princeton and graduated with a, a computer science degree mm-hmm. and then ended up becoming an analyst with the Houston Rockets after that. But I mean, uh, and working, he's another one too where he's worked in the G League. He's, he then got promoted up to the front office there. Um, but when you read about the Houston Rocket guys, Besides Sachin, um, Eli had a little bit more info, but there wasn't a whole lot on, on Monty, unfortunately. And He kind of had that straight tagline that a lot of their front office has right now of, um, you know, they're really great here and they manage analytic efforts. Um, they're engaged in all avenues of our player evaluation trades for agency. Like that's kind of their, our guys do it all. Mm-hmm. um tagline but one piece that I thought was interesting that did kind of sep- separate him from the other front office guys there um, was that it says he works closely with the coaching staff to provide on-court strategy and analysis along with opponent preparation that that was a little bit different than than some of the others so right now obviously you know, he's playing a certain kind of basketball. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, right.
1: I, and he's been there since 2007. So they have played a wide variety of styles of basketball there. Um, I just don't know what he would see here. And then at that point, if he really does work closely with the coach, then you would think he's going to want his, his coach. Right. And I don't know why you'd bring in a guy if he's not going to be able to determine that at least for a year. I don't. I don't know how much evaluation on his end could be done if he's not controlling, controlling that piece. If that's how he operates and works and is successful in that way.
0: Okay, I'm not super clear what you're insinuating there. So if if like would are are you are 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 you thinking that Monty McNair would? you know, in the interview process, say like, Hey, you know, I, I love the idea. Here's what I can do with the team. But first order of business, I got to get rid of Luke Walton.
1: If that's how his process works now, I would assume that. I'm
0: not saying I'm against it. I'm just no, saying no, no, like, I like know. I'm just
1: saying like being that that's what he does now, I would assume and he's successful at it. And uh, by all accounts, Maury says, this is what he's good at. Uh-huh. I don't know why and, and to me, if that's what you like about him, then I don't know why you wouldn't allow that to, to happen here. And you're, to me, you're, you're starting on the wrong foot with that guy too and not allowing him to use all of his his tools and his shed, you know, to his advantage.
0: But is it also because, is it, like, so if, if he comes in here and he's like adamant, okay, there's a coach on the market that I want to go after – if he's coming in here with the mindset of I'll go after this job, part of, you know, my push for this job is going to be a no coach, a new coach. That coach is already on the market. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's already, he would have already have had a preliminary conversation with that coach, not a formal discussion, not a formal offer, just sure. a, Hey, if I landed this gig in Sacramento, what would you think about finish the sentence there? Uh, but if he doesn't, isn't it, because and I, this is almost going to come across as a defense of Luke Walton, and I'm sure everybody will find this hysterical. But don't you like ha, unless you unless unless it's Billy Donovan, right? Or unless it's uh, Becky Hammond, or, or it's obviously not Dave Yeager. But unless it's someone you know that's out on the market right now, isn't that your only option to come in and wait it out with Luke Walton? Yeah. Okay. I
1: just and I would just think that would be putting him to a disadvantage. Okay. No, I don't, I don't I disagree. Read, based on what I can read about him, I mean, but again, he might have completely different thoughts on that. I mean, sure. I mean, it could be. I it can't could be totally different. I but. can't
0: imagine though. Like no GM is going to want to take a job and not be in charge of who's coaching yeah. the team. And that's and not to say a what? general manager
1: can make it work.
0: But right, exactly. That's what to say. It's not to say that a general yeah. manager won't, may not particularly likely Walton, I can't envision that scenario, but, and you know, that's going to, and I guess that's a conversation we'll get to here at the end of this, is it, I was, I, I didn't think, but I did keep an eye on my phone today because I was curious how exit meetings were going to go with Mike Budenholzer. Again, don't think that that's even a remote possibility for Milwaukee, but. I didn't think it was a remote possibility for Oklahoma City. This was the first year I went to Oklahoma City's offseason and thought, well, Billy Donovan's safe. Like, Billy Donovan's got a job for a long time. And right. obviously, you know, that's not the case as Billy Donovan's on the yeah. market now.
1: Yeah, and I want to make clear with all of these guys coming in, I think it's a disadvantage to all of them to not be able to – to to hire or to put in who whoever they want that you're automatic it's it's just like if you were like we were saying if you were to allow Dumars or whoever was here if we if they couldn't find someone to hire and he was making the draft and free agents then you come in you're being blamed for for somebody else's moves and and issues that um, right. it just becomes this weird limbo and if you are as a as a team going to allow Luke to stay, which very well could because of the money issues or whatever, um, then you have to know you, that this is kind of a dud evaluation year, that it's, right. I mean, it is what it is. And, and I see Kings fans all the time, like, well, they have to know how mad, you know, the fan base is and how much we want it to change. Of course we all want that. But then we'd, you'd all have to to understand, too, that you're going into a year where, you know, your front office is not getting to make every single decision.
0: And there is an, but you know what uh, an advantage the Kings might have is, and, and you're right, a dead evaluation year is because, you know, you can't, in in my estimation, you can't evaluate Buddy healed under Luke Walton anymore. You have to evaluate Buddy healed under a new coach. Yes. I know people don't, not, a lot of people don't agree with that, but I, I'm still of the mindset, buddy. is a bit of whatever is better than serviceable. Like he is a good NBA player. I don't think he's a good NBA player under Luke Walton or a good enough. NBA. I think he makes too many. His pluses, his, his, uh, his minuses can outweigh his pluses on too many, too many occasions.
1: In that system,
0: 100%. But, you know, you talk about the fan base potentially being, or we know the fan base is fed up, but you talk about, a, you know, the fan base saying this and a fan base saying that. One advantage that the King's front office might have, and really the king's ownership might have, and this is certainly something that they don't want, but it could be a- ra- reality that they're facing is we've got to accept the very real and and of my guess the very, very likely possibility the Golden One Center is empty again for if not the whole season, a very, very large portion of it, and so yeah. you talk about a debt evaluation period well. You're going to have a debt evaluation period with your fan base as well, and we know that the Kings, along with a number of other teams, are in, you know, serious, You know, they're they're having a lot of financial difficulties, as many people, you know, all across the world are. But evaluating, um, you know, the, the evaluating is the wrong word. Checking the temperature of your fan base. <laughs> it's not. It's 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 it, there's a there's a, a a very you know major likelihood that's not going to be a thing this year. You because you you measure. You don't measure by boo, like booing Luke Walton or booing Davey. That's not a thing. An empty arena, that's a thing. That's sure. how you. That's how you measure it. And you Drawing may
1: season. I mean, yes, there's plenty of yeah.
0: And even that, like, think about the difficulties in evaluating that because you're going to have people's, you know, since the last time the Kings played a game or the last time the Kings were scheduled to play a game, think of how many of those people who were in that arena on March 11th when they were sent home. Think of how many people's financial situations have changed, you know, drastically since then. And again, this is all a really, really difficult process, you know, to measure, um, which in this very odd sense might work in ownership's advantage. Um, It's it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a terrible way of like looking at this, but it's not inaccurate. Uh, Wes Wilcox, um, this is this didn't we haven't talked about Wes Wilcox, have we? And I don't know. You can't see the look yeah. on Jill's face. Jill, I'm guessing he's not on the top of your your list. Did he make part ten of the hoops and wine uh, GM search?
1: I did not have him in my stratosphere at all, and I know that he's a name gets gets thrown around ever since he had to resign <clears throat> and is now <clears throat>
0: that's worth repeating by the way. So that didn't sneak by anybody. He had to resign. Yeah. Apparently he made
1: stuff.
0: some sort of insensitive joke. I guess the joke is out there. I've never seen it.
1: I don't. So I don't... yeah, it was at a fan event and okay. he got asked a question and made said something about, Oh, I'm used to, arguments or being in argumentative oh because i'm
0: married that, to a black woman
1: and right? have and he yeah says, I think he okay said mixed kids like yeah. he, I mean, it was like you literally could have just said i married to a woman and have three kids and yeah. people would have been like yep i get you yeah
0: like i remember you, that now okay
1: said, oh sure you're gonna get in arguments yeah. but as soon as he said that and then it was also around the danny fairy thing like yeah. it was I mean, the times where it was just like, and he said he was trying to make a joke and diffuse the situation, which, I mean, I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, it's a lot but, like, yeah, I, I don't want to try to. They're right, just,
1: so with for a team with enough PR issues, I don't think you need to necessarily throw that on there. But the thing for him is he has the resume that, anyone would want, which is I think why he's his still his name gets thrown around. But another
0: another member of the why
1: another one why no one he's had to be a special special advisor since 2017 Mm -hmm. to the same team. Mm -hmm. Which I made the joke that's the only reason he's in the running because he has the special advisor.
0: He's uh he's another uh groomed out of the Miami (laughs) Heat video department. That is a hell of
1: mm-hmm. has a. De-
0: I don't know if a department has ever gone to the Hall of Fame before, but if there was, the Miami Heat video department should 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 go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, Wes Wilcox is a part yeah. of that, so um,
1: and he was successful in Atlanta up until you know he he made those remarks, and so I mean, I mean it's, it's easy
0: it's easy to forget it wasn't that long ago the Heat, or the, the Atlanta Hawks won like sixty games in a season.
1: And they brought, I mean, excluding him, they were bringing a bunch of San Antonio Spurs people over. Mm-hmm. It, it worked for him. It worked for him. There were a bunch of them going back and forth, but it worked.
0: Who signed the Joe Johnson contract? Was that Atlanta of 2010? The, 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 the point I was getting at is uh, you were able to unload it. What what arguably he, was.
1: If he was, he was with Cleveland at that point. Oh, okay. He didn't become a assistant general manager with the Hawks until 2012.
0: Yeah, it was 2010. Joe Johnson signed what appeared to be at the time. Now it looks like chump change. It was six years, $123 million. Like, like bro, that's... Like. Ten years ago, Joe Johnson signed a six-year $123 million deal, and it was absurd. It was absurd partly because it was Joe Johnson, and he was a free agent the same year Amari Stoudemire was, which in 2020 sounds ridiculous, but he was, it was the same year of LeBron and the Heatles and all of that stuff. But um, Giannis is due twice that. Giannis's upcoming contract is two hundred and fifty-four million dollars. Just just to put the last ten years into perspective for some people, Giannis's next contract is, and this was this was a this was the absolute max deal that a player could sign. He was the highest-paid player in the NBA. In Giannis's next deal, that he can, it doesn't sound like he's going to sign it this year. But the next deal that he can sign this year and next year is worth uh, over twice that amount. Um, So we've covered every name that was in the athletic article.
1: Yes. And I will add on to this is out of those six names, you did see a theme though between them is you saw some of the brightest analytic minds. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when Wilcox was the giant, I will say, and some of the best talent evaluators or at least going up through Um, because Calvin Booth started as a, after he finished playing the next year, he started as a video intern with the Washington wizards. So you found guys that kind of built themselves up through these video rooms Mm -hmm. and, and player evaluations. And then you have your analytics. So you did see pieces of both sides, but whoever you choose, you're going to have, if you choose the, the, the scout, you know, talent evaluation guy, you're going to need an analytics guy. If you choose the analytics guy, you're going to need, um, you know, your scout talent evaluator. So whether they could even get two of these guys maybe to come together, I don't know. Because you're looking at a guy with Sashin as an executive VP of basketball ops. And we've mentioned this before, where titles are really strange in the NBA. And depending on the team, that title can be the same as somebody else with another team, but completely different um, hierarchies depending on you know who's in their front office. Right. But right now, Sachin is the number two guy in Minnesota um, as as a VP. I don't know if he'd want that that same title, not a GM. Like it's 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 weird how that how that works. But I'm curious if, like you mentioned, that. Ham was saying that they're kind of being evasive because maybe somebody does say, I want that VP role or I want the GM role. Mm-hmm. Could you maybe get two of these guys off the list and put them together? I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I would. I mean, I, I certainly don't know. I would venture no, only because I would think as part of the interview process, it's just a guess on my part, but as part of the interview process, I would think like if if, you know, you know, pick any one of those three names who we don't think are gonna who are are gonna rule themselves out. And right. they get an interview scheduled next week. They're taking this job seriously. My guess is they're gonna come in with a team. Like a presentation of a team. Not they're gonna come in with a whole bunch of people. I mean sure. they're gonna come in with a presentation like, here's my idea. Here's how I would structure my front office.
1: I'd hope so. Yeah.
0: Right. And and I and I doubt that hey, you know, if uh if Wes doesn't get this job, like I want to bring him in here with me. Like if I'm money and I'm saying, yeah, know, Wes doesn't get this, I'm going to bring him here with me. So we've got a chance. You, you hire me. You might be able to get both of us. Like I, you know, they're, they're trying to lay out their staff yeah. and figure out how they can put this together. Um, but here's the uncomfortable thing, or here's the thing that I think is going to make Kings fans uncomfortable because one of the, the common um, responses to, to the news from the athletic was, hey no Scott Perry that doesn't mean that Scott Perry is not going to be contacted and, and, and be asked to interview it means he wasn't on that initial list of six and again you mentioned this it's worth you know bringing this back up this is a search firm that is involved here and so there's 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 a lot of different things you know at play but that was the first response both uh, James Ham. Uh, Sam Amick, who was a part of the original report uh, with, with Shams, and I think Jason Jones, they, they've all noted there's a, there's a real likelihood, a strong likelihood, and you probably have a safe assumption that the list is going to get longer. This is the initial list. This is their first target six candidates. One day later, it was down to five. You and I both expected to drop to four, and it wouldn't be outrageous for it to drop as low as three. Are you just going to interview those three, or do you have like a next crop of people that you're going to interview? And the answer is you probably have the next crop. I would hope so. And, and I hope it-, it
1: would include guys like Trent Redden and Mark Hughes to fill in those talent evaluators that you lost saying no to you in this, sure. in this first round. Mm-hmm. I hope it wouldn't just, to me personally, I hope it wouldn't just be more analytical guides because to me, if you're going to go analytical, you have the best one right here. There, there's no need to, to look anywhere else,
0: in my opinion. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it, well, yeah, it, There's for you, you don't want to look anywhere else. But maybe Sasha is like, yeah, I got the number one overall pick in the draft coming to my organization.
1: I think there's mutual interest there. To me, he is the most – if you're going to keep this list – this is the guy that I see coming out of it on top. I will say that. If, if, I, if Adam's gone and that's, I think he is.
0: But so, but I'm confused by what you mean. You think it's who the Kings will want?
1: I think it's both.
0: You'll think it's what the Kings will want and it's what Sashin will want.
1: That's my prediction.
0: Okay. I am go with that.
1: that I will put it this way. I will be absolutely shocked Shock, like beyond shocked if he comes out and says he does not want this job
0: like before an interview like if he goes the Trajan Langdon route okay all right well that's interesting so he he's he's a guy I admittedly don't know a lot about I know a lot more about Trajan Langdon for a variety I know a lot more about those guys we've taught and you like I think you were the one who really hipped me to Sasha again, you hear names in NBA circles. You don't always retain the information until you realize you need it. And it's like, wait a minute, I've heard this before. Why have I heard this? Oh, he was the guy in charge of the trade back in 2015 or whatever year it was, 16, whatever it was. And like, oh, okay. And then you start to kind of put pieces of the puzzle together and see like, all right. It's interesting because if I'm him, I'm thinking, I got Carl Anthony. There's multiple ways to think about when you have a, a roster similar to what Trajan Langdon has and what Sasha has in Minnesota. And it's yeah,
1: it, to, for, it's going to depend on how much he wants to, he right now he's the number two guy. Does mm-hmm. he want to be the guy? And mm-hmm. based on everywhere he's been, I think he wants to be the guy I do.
0: And that's the most important thing with all of these candidates with a few exceptions. Trajan is the guy, but he has a, he has a Pat Riley ish, you know, I mean, obviously no one's Pat Riley, but you know what I mean? Griff is going to be, you know, Griff is in charge of, uh, you know, what happens in, in new Orleans, but I don't, you know, he's, he hired Trajan Langdon for a reason. Um, Adam Simon's, you know, the same way he's in a situation where it's going to be difficult, you know, to rip him apart or rip him away from it. And so, you have, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated at how all of this turns out because you talked about pairing guys up together, potentially an ideal situation. Maybe the pairing comes from the second group. You know how we talked yeah. about this, this, this. Per, per, you know, there's, there's the first tier yeah. of guys, and then there's the second tier of guys. Maybe that's where uh, a potential pairing comes up. If Sashin winds up being the guy, maybe he, he has some. Again, I believe all of these guys have a prospective staff, and so sure. you know guys in these circles they talk just like players talk we talk about you know boy there are so many super teams being formed in the bubble over the last two months team guys talking about playing together for the first time all those sorts of things it's not different than coaches it's not different than front offices talking about hey if the opportunity ever becomes available you know we'll get you over here there's a guy there's a reason why guys like Mike Brown they're never unemployed very long Alvin Gentry You know, they're never unemployed very long. You know, there are financial situations. Like, I was thinking about, man, Dave Yeager didn't even get a job offer last year. Oh, of course, Dave Yeager was paid. He probably told everybody, hey, I'm chilling. I'm going to let let this season ride out, let some availability become uh, out there in the job market, and then come holler at me. But until then, I'm going to sit. Alvin Gentry has the luxury of doing the same thing, though he could be on the, you know, uh, front end of a bench in a heartbeat if he wanted to. So the NBA is so much about relationships, both players, agents, front offices, coaches, the whole deal. And I'm interested on what some of these guys' – I'd have to imagine Adam has – Adam Simon has deep relationships across the league being in, in – in, in, as yeah. far as he has uh, – being in the league as well, long and, as he has, excuse me.
1: Yeah, and something that I think that a lot of people don't even realize is – like I do think he's one of the most unreported about names – but he also is on the selection committee for the uh, senior national team for the U.S. team. Okay. Um,
0: USA yeah, basketball. And he also
1: does stuff like with the World Cup. Um, he does like the Basketball Without Borders um, in multiple countries. It's his, yes, his, his Rolodex is huge. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: Connections, connections, connections. Um, and connect with Manscaped right now. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code HoopBall20. That'll get you 20% off your order. It'll get you free shipping. You can get the lawnmower 3.0. It is their third-generation tripper. It features cutting-edge ceramic blade, a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. HoopBall20, use that at checkout and get 20% off your order plus free shipping. Head over to manscaped.com. Anything you got in, in, in closing? Anything we didn't cover? Any name that you want to throw out there? Did you wake up in a cold sweat and go, oh, I've got to add this guy to my list?
1: Not yet. Not yet. I've spent most of the time just going over, back over these, these, well, what was six names that's mm-hmm. now down to five. i am I'm more curious now that if more names are added, if it's going to be anyone that, I've already talked about, or if it's going to be some someone complete like Wes, who's like out of yeah, you know, left field. So, um, but Isn't, like I said, I think they're on the right track, and I know there was some talk too of of people. Um, there were a couple comments that I saw of, oh, oh, you know, great, the Kings are doing it wrong again. You know, these names came out, and there wasn't even mutual interest. But I'm like, this is what happens with. Every coaching vacancy, this is what happens with every front office vacancy. The names go out, and then they either accept or they decline, but the names get out because that's great PR for these guys too that, you know, that these positions are being offered. But this, this wasn't some le- bad leak by the Kings that, that no. some kind of thought was going on. That's it, to me, like I've been saying, is you make them say no. You call call all of them, make them say no. But at least you're actually reaching out to qualified people.
0: If someone doesn't want their name out there, it's probably explicitly stated at the beginning. I'll give Mm -hmm. you a perfect example. The Brooklyn Nets head coach. You talk about coming out of nowhere. Like that came out of nowhere. There was a reason it came out of nowhere. I'm very confident they were told, we're interested in it. Let's, but let's not make this like a public circus. Like let's keep this under wraps. And you saw how it turned out. Normally those types of things, it has a lot to do with agents as well. Yeah. Uh, but a lot, again, a lot of it, it has to be explicitly stated at, at the top. Hey, this needs to stay, you know, yeah. under wraps. Um, and you're right. It doesn't do any of those guys any harm for their name yeah. to be mentioned. Yeah. Like They're even wanted. Trajan turning it down, that does no right. harm to anybody. Trajan's yeah. in a very good situation.
1: It's like I said, it's the same way we see every free agent and, and come trade deadline always right. tied to us because they're trying to get interest out there that look, they want they want my guy, they want my people. Like
0: right. yeah,
1: I just wanted to make it that this is a totally normal process. It's the same way you saw the article come out today about Jaeger and Becky Hammond and mm-hmm. you know, people on right now on the list for the Pacers. We've seen the list for the Sixers job. You know, we've, it's people who've been interested in OKC and who are interested in New Orleans. Like this is, this is how the PR game is played. Um, But I just wanted to put it out there that this, they are following the process as they should. And I know we're used to that not happening. So we're always like, oh God, you know, did they do something bad? But this is exactly what they should be doing right now. So.
0: Will Becky be the first woman head coach? I hope so. Will there be a woman to run a basketball team?
1: Wasn't she interviewed for the Milwaukee
0: general Milwaukee
1: manager Bucks position?
0: Like a GM job? I, so I, I don't I know. I don't
1: think I'm crazy, but I'm pretty sure that it was super random.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I was aware of that. I'm curious. The point I was getting at is we're headed towards, it feels like, I, I don't know when Becky is going to get a job. I think everybody's in agreement. Becky's going to be the first head coach. There's only a couple of them. You, she did?
1: She did. They contacted she, her. I knew it to, be, to interview for the vacant general manager position.
0: Huh. This, I, was, I, this was
1: 2018. And people were saying, oh, isn't she skipping the line? That was the big thing. of, yeah. Oh, she's skipping the line. She wasn't even, she's not even a coach first.
0: Yeah, she, dude. Yeah. Okay.
1: So yes, it's, yeah.
0: There aren't no, nearly. I knew
1: it. Cause yeah, it was super random when it happened. It was like, whoa, like I only had to repend as, okay, she's going to want to be a coach. And then if mm-hmm. she went interviewed for it and that, she actually had really good reviews coming out of it. So not surprising.
0: Yeah, no, not, not, not surprising at all. Right. Um, well, cool. I guess we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll wait to see what happens next. Remember, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Do all of that stuff. Uh, share it on social media. Tell all of your Kings friends about the Sacramento Kings podcast with Jill and Damien. And uh, we'll connect again next Wednesday.
1: We'll see what changes happen between now and
0: then. I know. At and this and, point, and anything big. thing as
1: possible. Big and- thanks. Yes, they also said that interviews could happen within the next week, so we could be talking about interviews. We could be talking about new names. So, big
0: thanks to uh, Sham and Sam for dropping this report on a Tuesday, uh, so we had it to cover here on a Wednesday. And I think you caught this note because I'm confident you retweeted it. James Ham thinks we could be looking at the end of the month, potentially yep. uh, early October, for having a general manager in place. All of this plays into the fact that the NBA today. They announced they're pushing the draft and free agency back. They didn't give a definitive date. There is a tentative date of November 18th, which that actually stunned me because that's, that's over a month later than was originally projected in October, which the first thing I saw was, oh, wow. Okay, I know Adam Silver said December 1st was early to start the season. What Adam Silver didn't say is December 1st might be way too early to start the season. Like I had always hoped for a Christmas day start. Now I think we might be looking at the middle to late January for a start.
1: Yeah. And I think the big piece there is, and granted I I agree with the, the front office guys Mm -hmm. that they need to know what they're looking at in terms of salary cap. Yeah. What each draft pick is going to cost. I mean, cause you, you have guys factoring in all those pieces for their moves of what they're going to be doing this off season between free agency draft, how that, va- how valuable is each pick, you know, things like that, that, um, really needs to be sorted out. Not like a week prior to And, and it looks like they're still trying to figure out how they're even gonna handle these the, incoming draft picks. Right.
0: Workouts, virtual yeah. workouts. Yeah. The whole thing. It's, it's, it's something. And, um, yeah, it's 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 been a strange year. It's going to get stranger. It's going to bleed into twenty twenty one. But but yeah, that was a, a a big notable note there that the draft has been pushed back, which actually helps the Sacramento Kings I was situation. Just say, that's yeah. a huge
1: win for the Kings if that yeah. if that ends up happening. That's and you do get the hire by the mm-hmm. end of this month. That yeah. gives them a lot of opportunity to to build what they early start building what they want to build.
0: We'll see you here uh, next Wednesday on the Sacramento Kings podcast with Joe Adge and Damian Barlin.